It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Look you can let it affect this. you. It's okay. Yeah, just, you don't have to be so far away from the microphone. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host. Oh, it's the podcast where we interview celebrity guests about their paranormal history Boom. and tell stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host. Hey, I'm Bryce Johnson. And your producer. Riley Bray. Hi, guys. Hey, what's Hi. up, man? Hey, uh, before we get started with the show and bring in our guest, who you heard a little trill of laughter. <laughs> Guess <laughs> who that is? I want to do some Patreon shout-outs. Um, as you know, we recently launched our Patreon campaign. Thank you, everybody who's gone over there and... Uh, uh, subscribed and patronized us this week. I'd like to specifically shout out Donovan Kaler, Amanda Chung, Grace Mitchell, Daniel Urbank, and Jim Gangloff. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Um, we have two bonus episodes up there already, plus an outtake from last week's episode uh, with Scott Adsit. Very cool. <laughs> That one's been keeping me up at night. Oh, man. <laughs> I almost quit the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to join the fun over there, go to www.patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club to subscribe. That's it for business. Let's start the show. Um, with us today is a... Vi- <laughs> <laughs> She's pulling the mic towards her face. Sat up straight. Yeah. <laughs> no one's looking. Uh, she's a very good friend of mine. She's a very talented and very funny actor and director. You've seen her on Glow. You may have seen her or listened to her sing as part of the threesome app, the Apple Sisters. Cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Kimmy Gaywood. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> My oh. posture is better, which I'm very proud. I like your dress yeah, you're wearing, wearing today. Yeah, she's wearing this lovely dress. Yes. I'm wearing some metallic blue Ooh. shoes. Yeah. And she's bringing... A, a, a cheetah dress? Yeah, it's a little cheetah print. It's An nice. albino cheetah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, which it is, is rare. so nice to have a woman back in the clubhouse. <laughs> Truly. Because yeah. we've had about three episodes in a row. A lot of dudes. A lot <laughs> of dudes. Smells like bananas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Sweat in here. <laughs> sorry, we know what that is. We discovered uh, mushed up banana, the bottom of Bryce's backpack. I was like, what the hell? I reached in to get my notes. and That's it was my just, new vocal warm-up. It was <laughs> mushed up bananas mush- at the bottom of Bryce's backpack. <laughs> it was an Yeah, I was just mushing there and I immediately (laughs) threw my wife under the bus. I was like, fucking bitch. No, you did not say that. No, I didn't. I didn't. That was the joke of what you said. I know. You're right. Um, That she was being a thoughtful, wonderful person. She was. Cursing her name. I know. It's my fault. You said, I didn't do this. My wife did. (laughs) I think that's like so much part of my problem. I'm so quick to just find someone else to blame. I'm a blame gamer for sure. Sure. You're a real banana blamer. I'm a real banana are. blamer. Where, uh, how long has that banana been in the backpack? For just, today. Oh, just today. Just today? Oh, oh. Yeah. oh I know. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Um, how was everybody's weekend? It was good. Um, it was great. I have a confession to make, Bryce. Okay. Riley and I hung out yesterday. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, we did. We did. Oh, I'm so hurt. 
Well, it's um, because you're I'm hurt. So it's glad actually, I'm here for the gossip. <laughs> it's actually because you are hurt. Uh, wait, your cast is off. Yeah, I'm. Uh, my cast is off, but it's still a little swollen, and I'm taking some rehab. And okay, I'm getting closer to. Uh, Congratulations! Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Now I'm going to be still like not real cool enough yeah, to hang still, out. Yeah, you're still not cool enough to hang out. No, so. well, so What's remember, up, <laughs> remember, <laughs> you, remember a few weeks ago, I said that I went with my family to downtown Disney to the uh, the Void Star Wars VR experience. Oh yeah, where you I can't get to, wait to do that. Holy shit! Holy okay, you guys did so that, listen, huh? they have a pop-up at Glendale wow. Galleria and I'd been telling another separate group of friends who are not in on a podcast with me about it <laughs> and four of us were like let's all go and then uh, two of them dropped out now you would think I could find two replacements <laughs> from this podcast but I thought well Bryce can't do it with his foot I wouldn't have been able to do it yeah so I didn't because you're wearing like VR back. Yeah. you're running you around hold, a, a you maze can't, you can't are shoot you a blaster okay? with crutches. yeah I could have been I a... feel like you're not taking this <laughs> yeah, well <I> know. <laughs> so anyway we went to the Glendale Galleria uh, one yesterday the explaining is not helping no I know it was <laughs> where's so my squishy fun. banana I'm gonna get worse the best time ever <laughs> throw my banana at your face right now uh, Riley what did Froyo. you what did you think about your first VR experience. I loved it. I was so into it. It was amazing. It was funny how it, at first, like it's there's a part where you walk out onto like a little platform and there's lava everywhere. And I, was, I mean, it's all. I was so careful. I was like, "Don't fall in wow, the it's lava." Like a kid again. Don't the fall lava. off the yes. platform. Like it was. It's and you know, it's like okay, that's not real. I'm in the mall, but I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's lava. There's a teenager just uh, out of your reach, like checking his cell phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> like not, but five minutes ago, so that dude's like, "All right, man, just like put on your helmet." And like <laughs> everyone, of course, everyone's like, "Well, you're the tallest stormtrooper that's ever yeah, existed." A lot of tall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, including me. Yeah. Although I said, Fair. we wish you could be a Wookiee. You'd be a good Wookiee. That would have been awesome. There should have been an above 6'5", you get skinned as a Wookiee. <laughs> oh, that'd be sweet. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it was really fun. I highly recommend checking it out. I, um, now, Void, if you're listening, please be a sponsor yeah. of this podcast. Because <laughs> no I wholeheartedly endorse this. However, I will say, uh, to those of you who haven't done it, including Kimmy and Bryce in this room, I would recommend doing the one in downtown Disney just because the lead into the, the, the what's inside the maze and the virtual. So basically for people who don't know, you put on a vest that can feel shocks like when you get shot by stormtroopers oh and you put I mean, they're very light. It's like your phone vibrating. It's not that bad. I, or just I actually, a vibrator. Yeah, or a vibrator. It's a good time. Um, I know afterwards I turned to Riley. I was like, I wish they did ultra violent mode where you actually got electrocuted. Little tasers. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's coming. But uh, basically you put on these goggles and you're walking through a physical map, but there's an overlay of the virtual world in it so you can move around when you reach out to you can like press buttons that are oh, you see, so it's cool. they're actually can, there it's interactive yeah. it's fully immersive so cool. yeah. um but the they do a good job it's the same thing at the glendale gallery except the lead-in is a little lackluster compared to like it's a little when you go to the one in downtown disney it really makes you feel like you're Entering a Star Wars I just love reality. Downtown Disney. <laughs> downtown Disney. Downtown Disney. Downtown Disney. Downtown Disney, where Bryce's bananas pushed <laughs> at the bottom what of his back. I can't wait. I think we're going to go next Monday. The one thing you got to, well, yeah, obviously, yeah. you probably know this already, but Lottie's too little to go. Oh, that's all you right. She was like, already being left behind. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> 
No oh, her eyes are would, too small. It would be great <laughs> if they had virtual reality for toddlers. Could you imagine? Yeah. Just like them hanging out in like the Muppet Babies nursery. Dude. Just dated myself. But I love Muppet Babies. It's coming back. I, think. I heard that too. We'll take you when your foot gets better. Promise. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, Promise. that's. Uh, I'm crying on the inside. You are going to love it. I can't wait. We're going to do a field trip down to downtown Disney. I'm in. Um, also, where were you this weekend, Kimmy? I went you... to Las Vegas. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's like a. That's like just. It's not virtual reality. It's just reality. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's like totally. I mean, it's like the original virtual reality. They built a fake place. Yeah. And you get to go hang out there. That's exactly right. We the Apple Sisters did a show. We hosted a show for the Emerge Festival, which is like a. As far as I understand, <laughs> it's like celebrating women and sexuality through music and yeah. performance. And then you got and there then... and it was just a strip club? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Next up, Rhino. Next up on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we flew in on, on Saturday and the show was like at, at 4.30 and we just had no idea because I'm when you, know, when you do festivals, you kind of just don't find out what you're doing until you're just... Mm-hmm. on stage right uh-huh so we we get on stage around 4 30 and um and there's like uh it's our our whole set is about sex and uh sexuality and breaking gender boundaries and stuff Hell and yeah. it's it's and, uh apple sisters are sort of inspired by the andrews sisters, yeah like right? a 1940s like comedy yeah. slapstick and they would have fit right in <laughs> at the battle of la oh uh, yeah totally recreation we went to okay, last gotcha. month yeah i mean there there were so many different kinds of acts and it ended with um just like I think I've had my fill of seeing butts and things coming out of butts. Whoa! <laughs> you can never get enough of that. <laughs> my lifetime. What was, was coming out of all these butts? You know, balloons, plugs. <laughs> just like, oh, wow. It was music. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was honestly, it was amazing. And we started drinking at noon because we were like, As you you're do. like, oh guys, God. how are we going to handle looking at all these butts and stuff that's coming out <laughs> booze. of it? Booze. Was, and mashed bananas. It was amazing, though. And. It was. It was like being in VR a little bit. Like we were just like I was dancing in the streets by the end of the day. Oh, nice. We were done by seven thirty. Wow. Did you gamble? Do you can't. Are you a gambling man? Nah. nah. No. Nah. Then no, we just rehearsed either. in our hotel room in the morning. <laughs> just, so responsible. I, know. <laughs> I used to love a good mid afternoon buzz, yeah. especially like in Vegas. You yeah. know, that's the place. We to got do our it. CVS wine. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Yes. I love because the that's CVS what you booth do. right yeah. in Vegas. I know it's totally what you're talking about. Oh, it was wow. debaucherous. It was like just enough debauchery for me. Oh, that's you know great. Because I mean? you're you're a married woman. You're a mother. Do you, Still doesn't mean I like don't like to get that. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I also the opportunities like, present themselves yeah. less often than I would imagine. What? Although I, I have to say I'm not married. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have kids, and I'm just getting old, and I'm really it's really hitting me now. I'm like I just I don't like going. I, I like I, I better settle down soon because I'm just losing interest in going out. <laughs> I'm like turning into like I'm in real danger if I keep up what I'm doing. I'm just gonna become a crusty old bar fly. You know, <laughs> you hit that so. point where you're like, oh, now I'm just like all my friends are married and off, and not all of them, but it's just like it's a sad look when you're going out by yourself to socialize at like 39. That's not a good. It's no longer. A good I just look. like a fine wine, so you can't even get down with like the 20 year old CVS yeah. Yeah. included. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, well, I get jealous hearing that. I mean, because I don't drink. That sounds like fun, you know. I'm, I used. To, I mean, I used to drink a lot, which is why I don't drink. But you miss those days of like all that uh, shenanigans and stuff like that. So you, at least you still get to go out and socialize and throw yeah, a few bags. It's not the same. Oh, I mean, man. it can be fun ever, from time to time, but it's sure. not. It's not the same. Well, the grass is always greener. I yeah, guess, exactly. You know? I'm looking over at you, and I'm like, look at that hot stud who doesn't <laughs> drink anymore. No. I gotta get me some of that. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> flat stomach. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, that guy hasn't seen yeah. love handles since he was a baby. Yeah, but you don't want to be inside this head. You know? <laughs> so, I think I've got a glimpse of it. Yeah. It does. It and, is. Talk about yeah. entering the void. Yeah, <laughs> Timmy, you're going to get a little bit more of that later. <laughs> so it's so funny. I've just been, uh, so last week we had Scott Adson on, who we both yeah. know from Gravid Water, um, and perhaps you know him from other avenues, um, but. He was re- He was not having it. He was not. <laughs> not if, there, if there's an open mind, he was the furthest thing from. I mean, right. he was great. He was a great guest. He was really fun. Very challenging. But uh, <laughs> And we felt like we had 15 minutes to convince him. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> and there were certain times Bryce was just chiming in. I was, I was on the defensive, and I'm looking over at Bryce. I'm like, if you say one more goddamn thing about plasma balls, I'm gonna be- <laughs> we're trying to reason with this guy. <laughs> was your heart just pounding in anxiety? I did get like a little amped up. I was like, because I thought you were calm, cool, and collected on man. the on the I, a- on the outside. Because I was like, I gotta host this show. I gotta stay. But like, I true there's, pro. There's nice. a thing that happens when. Ah, it's so fucking difficult for me. And boy, am I trigger sensitive. This happened this weekend to a degree. But whenever somebody says, no, you didn't, <laughs> I can't. I just like, yes, I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was telling him the story about this weird entity that I saw at my window. It's a long story. I don't want to get into it. But he was basically like, no, really? <laughs> he didn't see that. <laughs> And there's just this thing in me that's like, and I don't know, maybe it's because Scott uh, is 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 a little bit older than me, and it's I, it's like that old authority figure thing just like triggers in me where I'm like, totally, don't tell me what you I don't know did. me, Dad. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Dad. Oh my God, I and I know we have to get on with the show, but I spun so fucking hard on a municipal city worker this week. Oh no. You did? Yeah, so... Let's hear about this. This Everyone is is your dad. I know, everyone's my dad, (laughs) except my dad. (laughs) I think we've gotten to the heart of it. All right. No, so I was... Man, I took the the dogs to the beach on on Saturday. I had, like, the best day. I was, like, super zen and chill. And I come home, and I'm like, oh, my car's still parked out on the street. I need to pull it into the driveway. Live in an apartment building where there is constant problems with this unit. I mean, we went without hot water for like over a week last fall. Plumbing sucks. Shit's constantly falling apart. We are over it. Everyone in the tenant, every tenant in the building is about it's a great neighborhood and a great. That's why we live there because it's an awesome neighborhood. But there's just constantly problems. There's a sewage pipe that has broken multiple times and spilled out into the sidewalk. (laughs) And we have been like, dudes, and I, I've i called my manager about it, the building manager. She's like, it's because everyone's taking growlers and flushing baby wipes. And it's growlers. like, first of all, that's disgusting. <laughs> right. Secondly, um, and so so they just I've like, never heard that they bring out, I know, they bring out, I'm just like, <laughs> do you see any growlers come out of anybody's butts this weekend? <laughs> so 
Anyway, I walk out to move my car, and there's a municipal, there's like the city workers with the like truck with the spinning lights are in the sewer. And this dude, me, I'm like getting my car. He's like, hey, do you live here? And I was like, uh, yeah, I live in this building. And he's like, you guys have a sewage spill leaking out. Come here. I'm going to show you. This is a health hazard, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he was just doing oh his job. God. And I think he was actually trying to be like. <laughs> what his job to is to rub me. your face in it? Yeah, Did you make this? There's like Did people you do out this? walking their dog. dogs. <laughs> I'm just like, there's our shit is literally spilling out in the street. And I was immediately like, you don't need to show me this. I know what's wrong with this building. I am not the manager. He's like, don't get hostile. I'm like, I'm not hostile. There are plasma balls <laughs> in and out Let of this unit. Let me tell you something about crop circles. <laughs> Scott, I said, listen to me. I, I saw an alien gray peering in this window. I know this building has problems. We're sitting on top of a vortex. And then I called my manager. I started screaming at this guy. I was so mad because I was just like, fuck once again you had it and it was so funny i and i was just like my neighbors were all out there and my buddy kyle my neighbor kyle who's a friend of mine too before he even moved in he's just cool as a cucumber he's like i'll take a look at it what's wrong i was like god damn it why can't i be more like him he goes gets a beer with him after hey this thanks for showing me that yeah and i think like afterwards i was like is this all because of the podcast last week am i just quietly raging about everything i don't know so yeah but then i i was walking my dog last night and i saw the same sewer workers in my neighborhood different issue working around the block and i was like hey sorry i lost my cool the other day and he's oh, like that's good no worries dude no worries but, um, yeah the the oh, city's on it the county was out yesterday morning they're reporting my my uh landlord's you guys tuned in for a podcast about big exciting news. You got the furthest thing from. Okay, well, Kimmy. they were shit monsters yeah. from yeah. outer space. I don't chuds. Know. They're called chuds. Oh, cannibalistic okay, humanoid underground dwellers. Oh um, uh, that reminds me. Uh, just quick reminder: next week on our Patreon episode, we'll be reviewing the film Communion. Speaking of crazy monster movies yeah, from the 80s which so, i've never uh, seen and i know I, we're gonna watch it I'm looking for me too this weekend yeah, yeah. We're at, on. uh riley's riley's house just you guys yeah, yeah. just us you can come yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. no, come no, and be I, part yeah. of it oh yeah I'm oh, invited. Are you invited no oh, Bryce, i get to go Bryce isn't coming oh, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah yeah, no, yeah. No, i'm in he's got a broken foot you want to come anyway foot yeah he can't watch movies with his foot yeah um great so that's that had to get all that off my chest and now we ask kimmy gatewood what is your paranormal history? <laughs> um, well, not to Scott adds it on you guys or anything, but I... I oh, God, say- don't do this. <laughs> Get out. It's <laughs> become a verb now. Okay. I'll, I'll, um, I don't think I've ever had any paranormal experience. I'll say that I took a... I, I think like my mind was just like... Uh, I'm very anyone is just very impressionable. Like when I was 22, I took a class called the Orientation Reality based on the Ultimate. I love this already. Let's get down to it. (laughs) So basically, it's a class that based on how you think you're going to die or not die, where you're going to get ultimately is how you live or orient your entire existence. So that could be anything from religion. And you guys must have seen Wild Wild Country. Like I'm watching it right now. Yeah, Yeah, it's amazing. If you could imagine, like. 
someone being a guru who might have just started like, I think this is cool. And then people like, then he suddenly like convinces himself that he's this guru, anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one point I thought like Catholicism, for instance, everyone's good. They do good things and bad things based on whether they're going to go to heaven or hell or, or any, any kind of religion. So at one point during this class, I was like, existence is meaningless. And I thought that we were all just living on a bug we were just little tiny like organisms living on a bug and i thought i was going insane for three months of my life okay quick pause quick pause (laughs) that's that's amazing now the bug the bug was the bug like specifically a bug like a ladybug or something or was it or was the bug the planet earth and Mm. you're just thinking in terms of the grand scope of things we think of earth as this big planet but really if you pull back on all right, of creation, you just keep going it's back, back, kind back. Kind of like a tiny little bug, and we're little tiny bugs on the bug. Yeah, we're like these like gross organisms, and like existence isn't real, and like nobody I'm talking to is really a real person. And okay, like I I couldn't. I was like, I don't know what my thoughts mean. Like, wow. where are they coming from? So were you having like a existential break? existential crisis? crisis. Wow. Yeah. How old were you? Nineteen. Okay, that's yeah. a, that's that's when it happens. That checks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so strange. And then I think like so. I have I have a toddler who's three. I tell her that Santa Claus is real and that the Easter Bunny is real. Yeah, and and so her full existence is about doing good or bad based on getting presents at Christmas. So it like it all really stems back to like what what you think your life is going to ultimately be and how you live your life every day and that kind of once I got out of my like psychotic spell. What what, I just, what, what brought I don't you even out? do drugs. Like Wow. What brought you out? Was, uh, I, I had to stop taking the class and stop like back off of um, philosophy for a little while because I was just like was reading just a lot of Nietzsche and stuff. Yes. And um, I had to just stop doing it and like start watching rom-coms and shit and do improv. Wow. <laughs> like, and do like be in the marching band. I was just like, I just got to like they know that things are real again. Yeah. And I felt like I was floating through classes and like just doing things out of um just because I had to out of obligation, but right. there mm. was nothing behind it other than like is any of this matter? Does any of I've this... been there. <laughs> you have? I absolutely have. Yeah, it's a scary it's scary ordeal and it and it does. It's very similar too. You start getting into you really start questioning existence and what it means and it could take you down its own little rabbit hole and it's spiced with like meaning and it's spiced with non-meaning and it's and it's hard to like interpret and 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 actually gain perspective from it. I'm glad I'm glad you're you pulled out of it and <laughs> you know you're back on planet Earth. But that yeah, that's crazy when when something like that happens. Yeah. So I I mean I think my entire life view is now peppered with that knowing that that I could convince myself that that yeah. is a thing. So it's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around how people believe in ghosts and aliens, right. other than like. I understand that it, it is a part of how they function in life to understand something that maybe I don't necessarily mm-hmm. comprehend, you know? What led oh man, I have a couple questions. First, what was your adolescence like leading up to that class in that moment? Did you think much about the bigger picture? Did you think much about what reality might be? 
No, no, I don't think I ever had because I didn't even have like a, a like all my grandparents were alive, so we didn't even have like funerals that we went to when mm-hmm. I was younger. Like there was no, we had like a cat die and like a couple bunnies die, but uh, and I think that's a thing that often triggers people. But I don't think yeah. I had a great childhood, like religious? loving childhood. Did you, did you grow up in a religious household? Catholic, but not yeah, overly. Well, you said that. Sorry. Yeah, not overly like like intrusive. My, but you've never really had to explore death on like a, a like. You were never confronted with like having to like really look into what does it mean, wh- what happens after, and I totally. feel like we are dangerously yeah. close to pushing her back over the edge. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Like, right. no, 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 staring intensely at you. <laughs> like, it's been uh, twenty-one years. Yeah. We're okay. God. <laughs> that wild, but, what, that wild, wild country though. If you haven't seen it, it's a documentary on Netflix. It, but my wife and I were talking about this. It's like you know, it's it's like part hypnotist, part like guru. I mean, because you got to have like some like gems to drop, but at the same time, like there's some sort of power conveyance over to him as well. And it's like, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing, you know? And, uh, <laughs> you know. You start to think you're king because people are giving you diamond watches and, and all these fancy cars. Yeah, it is crazy. Highly recommended viewing, though, if you haven't seen I'm, it. But... I'm only biting my tongue uh, for once because I'm like halfway through the first. Yeah. I started watching it last night. And right. then I was Episode like... three really kind of like flips the whole thing it's I'm really exciting fascinated by it i actually had there's another um uh cult that's making the news right now i yeah. don't know if you've heard about this the nexium cult yeah i just read based about out it. of albany <clears throat> this is really wild if you guys will allow me to go off on a tangent uh i don't want to steal kimmy's spotlight no well we don't have a bcc news story well so that's go true ahead. so well um so I actually was uh, almost recruited by that cult about Whoa. ten, literally ten years ago this week. Wow! Uh, and some of the names, and I'll refrain from using them here. They're very easy to look up in the news, uh, but just to protect our fledgling podcast, some of the names that are in the news regarding these art uh, in in these articles, um, I had direct contact with. Now, so crazy story, I. Uh, I had worked on a TV show years ago in Vancouver and had made friends with an actress who worked on a show that shot in Vancouver up there, and we shared the same manager. Mm. And uh, I'm no longer with this manager because of this story. So right now there's all this news coming out about this cult called Nexium, which yeah. is supposedly like they got involved with some like sex slave weird straight up just shit. sex straight cult up. is what they call it. Yeah, it's it. this yeah. guy Dr. Keith Raniere who is this like self help guru guy, and he had been there were Forbes articles about him around this time after this happened. I I did research. He had, I think, already been busted for like pyramid schemes and all this stuff. Right, prior. And yeah. he had partnered up with this woman. Um, her name escapes me, Claire something. You can look it up, uh, you know. Um, but she was the one of the heiresses to the Seagram's gin empire. And she was like- Time basic, and money on her hands. Dude, and oh, yeah. they had this <laughs> giant- Do you remember the story I told you guys about the time I was staying at his giant colonial farmhouse in upstate New York yeah. and I saw the woman in the red dress? Yes. That was- this incident wow so um she had this giant uh like farm and she had all this money and she was giving all this money to this guy basically what happened was um my manager at the time had said hey i started i joined this health self-help group that i think you'd be really into and i was like that's not i'm not into that shit (laughs) right and um 
she told me all about it. She tried to get me to go to like meetings. It sounded like sort of like an upstart. It sounded kind of culty, to be honest. And they were talking about stuff of like claiming to have like cured diabetes just through intense dialogues. And it was one of these things where you go to these seminars for a week, you'd pay thousands of dollars and you would sit in a room and you would talk in a circle and they wouldn't allow you to get up and go pee, that kind of stuff. And um, I was like, well, how did you get into this? And she said, well, this actress that I had known, um, she got me into. And I was like, oh, cool. All right. Well, not for me. Plus, it's too expensive. But thanks. And I'm glad this is working for you. But it was sort of like, I don't get this. And it kind of was a huge red flag for me because leading up to that, my manager was just like super professional, like I think Harvard educated, straight laced. So cut to a couple months later, it's April, and I get a call from my manager's office saying, hey, can uh, this actress contact you? She has a, she wants to ask you about something. I was like, sure, of course. So she calls me, and she's like, oh, my God, crazy thing. I'm judging this acapella festival in upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, It gets crazy. fucking crazy. <laughs> wow. That's and awesome. we need, like, quote-unquote celebrity judges to come and, and judge the, the show. And I had done, you know, I do workshop with college students. Um, I go back to like uh, Interlock and Arts Academy where I went to school and I do that kind of stuff. I was like, she's like, it's a free trip to New York. You can hang out in the city as much as you want. We just need you for like a couple days in Albany. I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Why the hell not? She's like, oh my God, this is awesome. Thank you. <clears throat> so day before I'm flying out, my manager goes, she, she's like, how are you? I'm like, I'm good. How are you? And she's like, this, that, you know, that, that, that and it was called ESP at the time, mm. Executive Success Program. She Ooh. goes, this is really helping me out. I go, yeah. oh, that's good. I'm glad. I'm, I'm, st- I'm still glad. And she goes, well, you're going to meet everybody this weekend. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? And she goes, well, you know, the acapella festival, there people from that are, are running the acapella festival. And it was this nationwide thing no. where they had invited all of these college kids to come sing and do this thing. And I go... Oh, and at the time I was thinking, oh, this is like if somebody from your church has like a side hustle and they're doing so. Oh, okay, something innocuous like acapella singing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I get up there and I quickly. Meanwhile, they drone and it just becomes a hypnotism. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I get I get up there and I suddenly I quickly put together that it's this cult, which is what it is had organized this acapella festival as a recruitment tool. Man. Because if they're like, hey, who can we get who are young and feeling a little disenfranchised and want to be part Maybe of the club? Maybe think they <laughs> acapella are like live on a bug. <laughs> Maybe think they live on a bug. Want to sing some songs about it with their other bug friends. And there were other judges that they had brought from like music teachers, some other actors, some people who were just like, you know, theater directors from their smaller towns. And we half of us were staying in a hotel in Albany, and half of us were staying at the farmhouse where all no. of this these oh. meetings were going down. Also, sidebar, that fucking house was the most haunted place I've ever been in my oh, goddamn wow. life. Anyway, um, so day one of the festival, we're just listening. Basically, I have to say, to their credit, I look back and I'm like, I went up there to do what I did, which was judge, judge and coach performers. However, 
there were but like they made you basically endorse their cult yeah 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 basically because they also had me MC the public performances each night and they were like you have to be super happy and super energetic and you have to say dr keith ranieri welcomes you and blah 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 so my name is out there right oh wow associated with this guy somewhere I'm sure after this, after reading the stories, I just about see this, like that that when you know the big billboards that like unfold out, and it's Michael's picture with his big yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure my name is in an FBI file because of this. Oh, that's amazing! Oh, so, so then, uh, I there's something else going on. So then I noticed that the college kids are allowed into private sessions and groups with the members of ESP only that we, the quote-unquote celebrity judges, were not allowed in. Mm. So I go, that's weird. Second, we were not allowed, nor were they allowed to leave the building we were in to go get lunch, and they only served, like, rice burritos. (laughs) And so they're totally doing the whole thing where they feed you not enough food. Right out of the Scientology playbook. Yeah, and I was like, (laughs) fuck this. And I started leaving to go get my own lunch, and they were like, what are you doing? You can't leave. I go, I absolutely can leave. Right. (laughs) I was walking around, and I would hear people on the phone being like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Because I have the data. I contain the data, and you have none of the data. Like, they're using technical jargon and all this stuff. And... Technical jargon, like, data. I should use that cult, on... Cult speak. Like, yeah, they're yeah. like... they're. It, I should have used that on right. Scott last week. Listen, I contain the data, Scott. Yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah, on exactly. crop circles. I contain the data. You don't contain the data. I contain the data. Um, and the other, the other coaches were coming up to me being like, what the fuck is going on around here this is weird right and i go well i think i have an idea of what's happening here (laughs) and so we're all like at some point we're gonna get approached and asked to join this thing and a couple um there were these dudes these guys were awesome they were all they were like the most bro-y acapella band they were all like in a frat they were i think they were they were like in a they were like in an ongoing acapella group from their school called mixed nuts oh yeah and they (laughs) did their homework because saturday night they googled keith ranieri and all this shit came up and they were like what the fuck what is this some kind of cult right and they revolted and left and then all these trickle rumors started spreading throughout the whole thing and i remember the actress who had invited me was sitting there crying in the dressing room being like now i know what scientologists feel like Mm. and i was like well look (laughs) mixed nuts made me cry (laughs) i was like like, look you are not forthcoming with me about who is behind all of this so if you don't want to feel like you're part of a secret cult maybe you should be a little bit more upfront about who's really running the show here Mm -hmm. and she's like that's a good point (laughs) So touche, I guess. Uh, A reasonable cult member. (laughs) So at the end of the weekend, you know, uh, it was like Sunday evening. We all go to like a cocktail party, and we're all. I was like, "Here comes the pitch," and we're all standing around. And this guy's like, "Hey, this is pretty cool. You're like an actor, man. That's really good. That's really good." I mean, this was so insidious that these guys, that this dude, this Keith Raniere guy invented his own acapella group oh my God. out of the cult to make it look like they were part of a thing, which they were not part of a thing. The whole thing was just a, a thing to recruit Shady. college kids. And um, Acapella groups really got to rebrand. No, yeah. so this is pre- we don't want to go into a cult. <laughs> this is why they, we needed Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Um, and this guy's like, hey, man, uh, 
this is uh yeah so it's like it's really i'm really impressed by what you do like you go to california and you're like pursuing your dreams and i was like yeah 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 and he's like i used to be really nervous i used to really hate myself and i was like oh man, I'm like, that sucks and he goes but then dr keith ranieri taught me how to download an operating system through which i could interface with my reality wow. and i was like you know what that sounds really cool. I'm glad you are happy with yourself, but I, I'm not interested in this. And he was like, okay. And he kind of walked away. And, you know, I I took the train back down to New York. I did all this research on, you know, who this guy was, what this was. I was like, this is bullshit. I found out that people who recruit get paid money for bringing in new people. People, I fired that manager. I stopped talking to those people. Wow. And it was just this whole thing. So now 10 years later... The article's coming out with the people that had invited, tried to invite me into this group, and the FBI has just busted this guy. Yeah. And the, the cult has then, the ESP program has expanded into this cult called Nexium, which there's like the people, they're supposedly young women being branded with his yeah, initials that, and being yeah. used as sex slaves. <gasps> yeah. This yeah. guy was such a douchebag, yeah. first of all. I remember I had been doing, you know, like emceeing like this stuff, and I remember the the times that I saw him walking around, he was arm in arm with two women. He was like wearing kind of like white cult, robes, white robes, yeah. And he did not even acknowledge my existence. I was wow. like, motherfucker, I I've, I'm here as your guest, like saying your name in public. I don't know who you are. The le- and I was like, you don't even think the people who were. I was like, this stinks to high hell. Wow, that's the bullshit of guru, though. Oh yeah, it was the weirdest weirdest thing I've ever, ever been, one of the weirdest things I've ever, and I was just like, fuck, I was so pissed that I was like, my name was in the paper in Albany next to this guy's name. You know, I was like, fuck these people, and I don't don't even know how bad it's gotten. I mean, I can only uh, surmise from the articles, but it's it's disgusting, and fuck those guys. (laughs) Like, honestly, fuck them. Well, what, they got him down in, like, Mexico at some, like, at some, like, five-star resort, of course. So, you know, obviously, he's living the living the lavish life. I mean, oh man, that's just insane. Yeah. And he would use that. Yeah. I was, I was reading about a a couple of those articles and he would use women to recruit the other women so that it all seemed like on the up and up, like, Hey, you know, we're about empowering women and you should come like just using all the like, you know, man, that is, that is shit. 10 years took a decade to get from that point to this point. I went to, um, the Church of Scientology in New York, because I'm, I've always been fat. Who isn't fascinated with cults, honestly? Sure. Yeah, They're yeah. so fascinating. It is wild. I, it, was, it was like the year 2000, so it hadn't quite come out yet. And we were like, this is, this is going to be hilarious. So we went in, we took the personality test. Was like The questions were like, do you read maps? And we're like, yes, right. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're going to get us. Yeah. Have um, you ever been I'm, stressed? Yeah, yes. <laughs> and then they took us into a room to watch a movie and it was just me and this guy jake fleischer and um we watched this movie and it was like riddled with celebrities and then at the end it said um you know you could leave here forget all about scientology um you could also jump off a bridge or blow your brains out but that would be dumb wouldn't it wow (laughs) wow i i found that clip one time on the internet but i think they might have buried that film and i just like, same difference <laughs> yeah either or yeah and then uh, i like i at the time you know we didn't have cell phones or just cell phones i might have just gotten a cell phone but i had the voicemail that you could call in and leave a message and so they would just call in and leave uh, voicemails because right, i really right, right. 
like you, you kind of want to engage with people, but you just, you know what I mean? Like wow. at some point you're like, all right, all right, I'm, I'm too freaked out to yeah. like go with this bit. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, so where do you stand on reality now? <laughs> where, <laughs> where, where now? Because okay. this is this is something that's r- really currently on on my mind. I think that you know we're basically just like watching a plant or an animal. It's just like you live your course of your life and then you die and then you turn into dirt or whatever. Okay, and you just fertilize. So you <laughs> the earth. You don't think there's anything outside of the universe having any input on our existence or our reality, whether it's a god or interdimensional creatures or something. I don't know. That's correct. I don't. Okay. I don't. And let's say, I mean, like, if there are aliens or anything outside of the universe, I'm curious to know why they haven't shown up yet. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I would discount the idea, but it's like, I mean... I'm sure something's out there because we'd be very selfish motherfuckers to think that nothing right. else exists right. inside human beings. Wait till but, I get to my no. data. Oh, no. I have the data right here and wait till I get to it. But, you think he's joking. Yeah. No. Oh, no, I'm sure. No, no. Um, but I do, um, like, it's weird because I'm raising a child now, so I'm constantly dealt, like, I have to face what I believe and what I'm going to teach her. So yes. Did you think- guys hesitate? On sorry, I interrupted. No, it's your fine. No. Did you guys hesitate being like, "Yeah, Santa Claus exists"? No, I think it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I think like having this um, character, imaginary character, teaches you a lot about like just thinking outside yourself mm-hmm. and like. Well, you and know, I was reading about this too, and I, I'm a big proponent of Santa Claus and the Easter. Although it is like when you think about it, you're like, "Oh, it's fucked up that I'm like, you know." I'm like lying. I, lying to my <laughs> yeah. kids, you know. But it, I was reading that once once they discover that it doesn't exist, they put that magic into their parents. You know what I mean? They're like, "Oh my god, look at all they've done to you know keep that going for me." And you like, just trying to be a magician, or a magician. Well, yeah, yeah, but no, but <laughs> like <laughs> going through all that that love and you know delivering that those special moments around those times. Well, and, I think you that know, was um, I think. Was it Joseph Campbell who said that uh, Santa Claus is a metaphor for a parent's love for a child? It That's is. what it really yeah, is. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Which you get cool. to kind of like, you know, once they kind of figure that out, they can, you get a little bit of extra credit as parents, I think. But yeah, no, it is. I've always had that like, it is weird that like, you know, because um, I send my kids to private school be, just because the public schools out here can be a little scary. But but you're like, and I'm 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 not, I'm not religious in any sense, or nor nor do I kind of contain any dogma. But it's, so it's like, God, I've really got to like I'm you know deprogram them in in a special way, you know, because um, they're learning one thing in school, and then you know I'm lying to them about Santa Claus. It's like no wonder we wake up just like fucked up one day, going God, what the fuck, you know. <laughs> It's very true, but you know, so I, I always just am like, you know, I'm very open with it. Like, you know, I this is what I believe, and it, sometimes it changes. And you know, I'm I'm not I'm sure not sure how fuck that that's going to fuck them up either. But I know it is a constant battle of like, um, what are my kids going to go therapy for? Um, is it right, no, <laughs> no. religion? Is it I didn't put them enough sports? Is I didn't follow their yeah. you know dream of being a dancer? You're, not, you're never going <laughs> to bat a thousand. It? You're never yeah. going to bat a thousand. No. As a no. no, it's true. Though so you really, really, really want to, and yeah. then you you see like all of a sudden you become a parent. You see everything that your parent did was just like they love you so much. Yeah, and like they're just trying like well, I, you are. And I grew up in a in a tug and pull. Like so, you know, my parents divorced when I was pretty young, like four or five. And my my mom, who's still like a, a devout believer, and you know goes to church and Lutheran. My dad just like stout atheist. So it like. 
you know, as soon as my dad would get us in the summer, he'd be like, okay, what are they teaching you over there? Oh, no. And it was like this and that. And he'd be like, okay. He's like, now let's go out back to the shed. I got yeah. some plasma balls I want to show you, Bryce. <laughs> but, you know, it forces you to like really like try and, I guess, like stumble through your own way of what, what your what your beliefs are what your or what your non-beliefs are and... You know, you're What's forced interesting to too, all. I had this conversation with my own therapist last week where I gotta get one we of were those. talking about <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> you know what? Maybe you do. Uh, maybe you don't. It's fine. Um at this point. I have I a just, crystal that you could touch. Yeah, I'll <laughs> basically take that. it's much cheaper. Basically, my th- my sessions are now just an expansion of this podcast from like I had this crazy dream the other night. Um but um we were kind of talking about how certain people's perceptions of reality and something you said earlier when you were talking about having this sort of like existential crisis, um, that there is this thing where my therapist, I, I was explaining the scenario to my um, therapist and I've been thinking about this because Scott last week, God, he really got my head. He was talking about like when I was talking about my ideas of reality is like, well, that's just like, you know, Stanley coming up with cosmic rays. You're just making up your version of reality. And I think there's some truth to that, but I also think that a lot of these ideas that I've formed have come from books I've read of people who are thinking about the occult or thinking about the the quantum quantum, you know, um, the, the theories of um, higher dimensions or sure. multiple dimensions, um, like string theory and stuff like this. Yeah. So, uh, so this has sort of been sort of a result of different things that I've read, even religious, you know, stuff about there being some sort of higher dimension outside of, out of uh, Well, and sci- of science is moving that way, um, you know, right, right now anyway, so. Right. I mean, I get nervous because I really am not super well-versed in science. So anytime I try to make a scientific argument, (laughs) you know, I undercut myself. But basically my therapist said, um, she was like, look, some of these things that you're talking about, they're, they're fine. I'm not worried about them because they're helpful. She's, she was like, if you were bringing in some of these ideas, like I think the universe is a bug or the world's a bug and we're all little bugs and it's freaking me out, <laughs> she, that, then she would be like, okay, let's work through that and let's let's talk about why that's... Kimmy, you were insane No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about why that's not the case. But I have my own kind of bug theories, you know, I've shared on the show and she she tends to think like, well, that's how, that's it's it's helping you sort of navigate your way through and and work through certain problems, big, big existential problems I'm talking about here. Totally. Life was meaningless for a while. Right, right. And and she's like, this kind of stuff gives your life meaning. And as long as it's that, then it's okay to kind of go. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like people who have certain religious beliefs that helps them kind of get through their It's an anchor. It can be an anchor, sure. It's an anchor. And mine is sort of a... How you believe your life based on the ultimate... Right, right. And Mm -hmm. I guess mine is... Exactly. And I guess mine is sort of a continuing, evolving search for the meaning of life in the context of a larger reality of which I tend to believe we have a very narrow window into. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what drives me. And the more that window opens up to m- bigger possibilities, that gets me excited and that sort of steers me clear of destructive 
thoughts and feeling down and depressed. I get excited. I'm sorry this is turning into like a therapy session, but the unexamined life is not a life worth living. You know, I think we all need to like, you know, at least Arnold Schwarzenegger said that. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) That's that's right. Yeah, but no, you have to like T two time. That was a good time. Those are the good times. I think if I think if you don't question what you believe, like if it's just your if it's just a if it's just your parents' ideas or dogma or religion or philosophy, whatever, then then I don't, you know, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I think I think it's important to like, you know, come up with your own mythology if that's what a word you want to use, or at least examine yeah, I'd say why per, you believe what I, you believe. I say you know? personal mythology. I think it's healthy. I think I think we all, to a degree, carry around carry around and subscribe to a level of personal mythology. Some of them are a little bit more off the rack than others. Sure, like I'm gonna take. Um, Presbyterianism, that, and I'm going to apply that to my life. Yeah, that is, because it's important also for people to feel like they belong somewhere. Yeah, oh and yeah. That's like the fine line of cult and religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It's true. But I think like it comes to a point of like how much damage is it causing? Is if you sure. are freaking out because your model of the universe is spiraling out of control and it leads to a psychotic break, okay. We need to re-examine your 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 thought process here. I don't know. I'm getting into weird territory. No, not at all. No, because just... because like even you know uh, like the the very real um, issue of like abortion and women's reproductive all that stuff is based primarily on people's religious beliefs. So yeah. it's it's like it is important to have these existential conversations yeah. because yeah. It, it, it it shapes our actual reality. Like our society, yeah. true, truly, yeah. you know. So it's like our society is literally like put a hard line right down the middle. You're on this side or you're this side, you know. Mm-hmm. No. Even like with gay marriage, it was like this side or this side. It was all religious beliefs, your you know, orientation to the ultimate, blah blah blah, you know. Well and it's and I think it's I think it's messed up when it comes with like an like an ultimate damning device like at the end of it. Like, well if that's what you don't believe, then unfortunately you're gonna burn <laughs> eternally in hell. Right. And you know, that's right. devastating, you know, and yeah. like, you know, going back to when I was a kid, it's like my one thing that I always, you know, appreciate and love my dad for being like is he really put it to me in layman's terms. He was just like, you know, let's because I remember I was like five years old and I and I had come out to him and I was just like bawling, you know, because I was like, and I sat on his lap and I was, he's like, what's wrong, Bryce? And I was like, you know, I don't want you to go to hell, you know? Right. I love you, you know? And I just can't imagine you like spending eternity in hellfire. And he basically was like, okay, let's, let's look at that for a second. He's like, he's like, God's a good guy, right? He's like, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, and, and how, what about me? Is am I a pretty good guy? And I was like, well, of course, you know, I love you. And he's like, listen, if you were God, would you send me to hell to burn for eternity? And I was like, and I had to thought about that. If I was God, would I send you to... And I was like, no, no, I wouldn't. So it's like, I, I immediately, not Wait, knowing That was it, a nail biter. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yes, I would, if you don't believe. No, but what, what I didn't realize what happened there was I, I took the power back mm-hmm. from from that dogma that I had been had been ingrained in me. And it, and it, and it, and it connected to me on a personal level like uh on a on a level like and i was like and from there it was it just kind of broke the boundaries down for me to start examining you know what i was like so believing in and and uh it was, but then 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 i'd go back and you know but so play the role of church kid yeah and yeah. so and so then began the the tug of war for me but uh 
but yeah, it's like it can be damning when you know when there's consequences to your belief. And and so I love like your belief, you know, dust in the wind. That's what my dad used to call it because he loved that song. <laughs> All we are is dust in the wind. Yeah, again, you know? some philosophies yeah. are a little more off the rack than others. Absolutely, and 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 it, his philosophy didn't come with a consequence at the end. And so I've always steered that way that like you know whatever whatever is out there or whatever is in here, you know what I mean? It it just is what it is, and there are, there's not going to be some like eternal consequence. Well, you know what so Scott Adsit would say? God's just a weather balloon anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Swamp gas. It's just swamp gas. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to share our high strangeness story of the week. Awesome. Can't wait. My report has a banana splooge on top of it. <laughs> so you'll have to uh, you'll have to forgive that. Because uh, I will be passing out some pictures. All right. <laughs> Every other word is banana. <laughs> um, plasma ball banana. Plasma ball oh, banana. Woo! Plasma banana. <laughs> How many times do you bring up plasma balls in this report? Well, you know, <laughs> even the skeptics who uh, who the skeptical hoaxers who do crop circles. Um, they report seeing balls of light as well, and they become <laughs> confounded as well. I've so, seen the videos. Yeah, they're there's pretty, some, there's they're some amazing cool. videos out there. All right, so high strangeness time. Yes, high strangeness time. And, you know, I guess that Scott <laughs> episode really affected me too because I wanted to pick up this week sort of on crop circles, you know? <laughs> right where you left uh, off. Right yeah. where I left off, Scott. Well, my goal with this show is just to be one kind of continuous conversation. So no, I but think that's you great. You know what? I, I, I love um, the skeptical version too because that's usually where I start my research and I think it uh, is a great way. Anyway, so my it's my story of high strangeness is, uh, is called the Arecibo Message and the Chilbolton Response. Have you ever heard of this, Mike? I've never heard two of those words. Okay, great. Then you're <laughs> You're going to love this. So, uh, on November 16th, 1974, famed astronomer Carl Sagan, along with Frank Drake, the founder of SETI, decided they were going to send E.T. a greeting card, carrying, you know, along with some highs and hellos, some basic information about humanity and Earth. Simply known as the Arecibo Message, named after the world's largest radio telescope in which it was sent, the message was blasted into space via radio waves at a special ceremony to celebrate the remodeling of the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. Of which four people attended. Yeah. <laughs> you, know that, uh, you know that gigantic satellite dish you saw in the Bond movie Goldeneye where he's running around and it's that huge yeah, yeah, satellite yeah. dish? Yeah. That's the one. Kimmy, um, just say yes. <laughs> just nod your yes. head, Kimmy. <laughs> Gold um, <laughs> That's it. Uh, the most powerful broadcast ever deliberately beamed out into space. The signal was a million times stronger than the typical TV transmission. It consisted of 1,679 pulses of binary code. Binary code is zeros and ones. Uh, which make a complex message. It took Don't a, look at me when you say that. Yeah, I you, know. Did it, you just I'm mansplain <laughs> binary code to us? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, I have the data right here. Uh, it took a little under three minutes to transmit and was transmitted on a frequency of 2380 megahertz. That's for you, Riley. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, the Arecibo... Engineer boner. <laughs> 
<laughs> the Arecibo message was directed at a neighborhood star cluster approximately 25,000 light years away, known as M13 in the constellation Hercules. Uh, it's a large and close collection of stars. And the since, gayest constellation <laughs> of yeah. all. Well, and, and since the, the satellite is actually fixed in the ground, they really just had to go with what was going to be in space at that time. Uh, so that was the uh, the star cluster that they chose. It was going to match with the date of the ceremony. Um, yeah, whatever, fucking star cluster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just shoot your message What's up, up there? in the sky right now? And oh. for the one that's super ripped yeah. with M- the six-pack. M- He's M- hot. He's well, really hot. So I'll pass you a picture here of the Arecibo message because it also... Um, it looks like a Donkey Kong. It yes. Does. So <laughs> the binary, the binary pictorial message, the uh, Donkey Kong, seventy three rows by twenty three columns depicted. That's a dick. That's a building. Now, now That's all that person. all that has information is depicted our our planet's location in the solar system, the core principles of our math and science, and the NASA antenna at the bottom used to transmit the signal in the hopes that it would be interpreted by extraterrestrial intelligence. They could, they could be like, these motherfuckers are still operating on, like, four-bit technology. <laughs> I know. Fuck them. We're not coming to this planet. You know, for the <laughs> listeners who are uh, unable to Google it, it basically looks like a rectangular punch card with some old-school boxed computer it's like graphics. It's Atari graphics. Yes, but it also included details about human beings, such as our physical appearance and DNA code. Um, Hot. Did this coincide we are orange, with the... blocky people with no <laughs> genitalia. <laughs> did this coincide with the golden record? And uh, that was so. That's a different thing altogether. Golden record was in 1972, and uh, which actually, uh, once they launched, I think it was called the the Dradex code or something. I'm getting that wrong. Um, but you're talking you're talking about a gold disc that they sent on the um, on two uh, satellites yeah. that contained some you know vital information and about, had like the Vitruvian Man on there. Yes, as well, it, that's right? right. That's yeah. right. And you know, because cool. Carl actually, Sagan was involved with that pretty heavily. He too, was, right? yeah. and you know, that actually once they sent that 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 gold one out into space is when kind of crop circles started appearing. But anyway, getting back to the Arecibo message, don't get Bryce off on a tangent. Sorry, my God bad, my damn bad. it, Riley. <laughs> um, now, twenty seven years later, on August nineteenth, two thousand and one, Wow Signal. E.T. emailed back. No, not the wow signal, something different. When two separate crop patterns appeared in a field right next to Britain's largest telescope, the Chilbolton Observatory, home to the world's largest fully steerable meteorological radar. Now, this holler back became known as the Arecibo or Chilbolton response. Um, And I'll show you a picture of it right here. It came basically with two crop circles. And they're not circles. This is a... You know, this is a a crop designs. This is a first of its kind arriving much earlier than anticipated, considering it takes 25,000 years for a radio wave to reach M13. It seems as if some non-human entities intercepted the message early and decided to write back. Now, the message describes a different solar system. And I'll show you, this is their message. It It actually came in the same type of form using binary with a pictorial graph, 73 rows by 23 columns. Look at the little alien guy as opposed to our guy. Um, the message describes, <laughs> yeah, the message describes a different solar system. Now, but you have to understand mm-hmm, what, what's, mm-hmm. what's in that message is two separate types of information. There's the binary code, um, splayed out in a way that can also formulate into a pictorial graph like that. I know it looks a little archaic, but, um, there's actually a lot of complex information within that message. Um, so the message describes a different solar system, non-human DNA included an extra strand, and a microwave antenna instead of the radio wave you see at the bottom of that first one. Um, now, here is a year later, a year earlier, 
at Chilbolton, this crop circle showed up. And if you look on the- A year uh, earlier? Uh, one year earlier, prior to 2001. 2000, so if you look on the um, the Arecibo response- Oh, right. That's, the, that, that's a depiction of what they're using to uh, send information. So this thing looks like a sort of circular fractal pattern. Yes. And well, they're saying this is a type of- So that's a microwave. Microwave that they're sending Microwave signals, signals as opposed to our standard radio, you know? Mm-hmm. So that basically they're saying in their message, hey, you guys are using radio waves, which is still a little outdated. I is a microwave we use Tostitos a microwave <laughs> yes um, why do aliens just pick crops or like corn to talk we'll talk we'll okay, talk okay, about okay, that okay, we'll okay. get there okay now um now the face that you see on 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 that one that that crop Other circle one? actually appeared on the 13th oh, of august which one. was six days no the, uh yeah right that one um this that, this face looks like you you know those old like when you would go to Sharper Image yeah. or Spencer <laughs> Gifts and they had those like metal uh, needle things that yeah. you would put your face in and it would it would pop here's out. A clo- here's a close up. Here's a close up of it. Now the face that you see there actually appeared on the 13th of August, six days before the rectangular response, and represented <laughs> a never before seen technique in crop circle generation. So this was literally a first of its kind. Now if it was hoaxers like the mainstream media would have us believe, not bad for a first attempt, you know? Um, And staring at the face, one can't help but to receive an eerie message that, hey, we are here, we can see you, we are watching you. That's not where I thought that phrase was going. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also in the response, as you'll see them side by side, which was painstakingly done, um, was a few key and some would say meaningful differences, such as the atomic number for life is almost the same, except instead of solely carbon-based life forms, silicon seems to play a major role. The structure of their DNA has been altered, indicating an additional strand to our own. And the graphic pectoral, uh, the pictorial of the sender indicates a larger head as well as more pronounced eyes. An average height of the intended sendee is, uh, is, measures out to about three and a half feet tall. The population is different. Intended, the intended sender is- say been, measure? Measure. Are you my grandma from Wisconsin? Now they've measured out to about three and a half feet tall. And uh, well, they state on their message that they have a population of around 12.7 billion um, and that it takes place, that they live on also about three planets in their nine planet solar system. Um, Also, the communication device has been changed, which we talked about, um, is to that of a microwave radio transmitter. Um, and yeah, so that's that's basically the Arecibo Chill Bolton response. Um, so they send this eight bit Atari looking uh, radio signal out. Yes. And then how many years later? Twenty seven years, years later. Twenty seven years later. So in, in two thousand and one, uh, yeah, these uh, and crop a, formations show up. Yes, and in in uh, and in a different country, of course, these ones show up at uh, the Chilbolton Observatory, which is Brit- Britain's largest um, steerable uh, radio antenna. Now, is there a theory as to why it showed up? There is it because of the crops were nearby and they could yeah well because in Puerto Rico where they sent the Arecibo message there's really no crop fields or fields right. of wheat and you know crop circles usually only show up around um, you know through there's a there's a crop season which these things usually pop up and England being the highest uh, amount of where they get their crop circles although now you know crop circles are showing up they've shown up in over seventy countries. Um, worldwide, and and there's thousands of them. But uh, yeah, so this one appeared right next to uh, Britain's largest uh, observatory. And it's funny enough, the guy who sent the message, they interviewed him. His name was Frank Drake. Frank Drake is the guy that came up with the uh, the actual 
famous Drake equation, which is uh, it was a really equa- hot R and B number. Yeah, it's just it's a really <laughs> hot R and B number. Uh, the Frank Drake equation is an equation used to determine how many hab- habitable planets there would be in the Milky Way galaxy using a simple uh, mathematical equation. So they they actually, which what I thought was interesting, they come and talk to this guy and they say, "Hey, have you seen this uh, your Arecibo response?" And he just, he immediately kind of goes, oh, tiddlywinks, you know? He's like, why would they send it right next to our radio observatory when they would just, you know, they could just walk up and beam it into the. They just beam it in, you know? And well, I say that's not how crop circles work. Um, (laughs) Mr. Frank Drake. Uh, this time on crop circle, <laughs> but uh, race. So it's yeah. like RuPaul's Drag Race. I know with crop circles. Well, one year later, Johnson's crop circle race. <laughs> what? I would watch that show. I know. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Riley. I appreciate that. Well, one year later, another crop formation appeared in Chilbolton again with a strange alien face and a disc with binary oh, code I've on it. Oh, I've seen this one. Similar, and I'll passing pictures here. If you if you guys are at home listening to this, Google Arecibo res, uh, message, A R E C I B O, or Chill Bolton response, and you'll get all kinds of cool stuff. Um, but so a year later, this one came up with an alien face and a disc with binary coding on it, similar to the 2001 crop circle. And this one, too, was made of pixels. Now, the binary message was decoded to be found as a message from the creators of the crop circle. The decoded message read... Beware of the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises. Much pain, but still time. There is good out there. We oppose deception. Conduit closing. And then there's a bell sound. Bing! Um, Very weird. Um, What's also interesting to note is that in and around this time, a top secret NSA report was uncovered uh, that was chillingly titled The Key to the Extraterrestrial Messages. Now, this document reveals that they have received a series of 29 different messages from outer space that also appear to be in some binary form. Um, and it begs the question, you know, are we being communicated with? Wait, is that document uh, declassified or was it leaked? It was de- declassified through the Freedom of Information Act, yes. I haven't heard of that. Um, and, it was, and anyway, so that, that got a lot of uh, um, hot topic. Um, but so basically, that's it. That's the story of... Uh, High strangers of the Arecibo message and the Chilbolton response. Whoa. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we're going to ask our guest, Kimmy, what the hell was that? What the hell was that, Kimmy? (laughs) Hey, guys. Bryce Johnson here. Each week, we post exclusive photos with our guests and great visual aids on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Facebook and Twitter at Bigfoot underscore C Club. Check them out. You don't want to miss them. Thanks for listening. And we're back. And we're back. And it's time for what the hell was that, Kimmy? What the hell was that? <laughs> the areola. No, the areola, the areola <laughs> message. The nipple message. <laughs> Alien nip slip. Alien nip slip. <laughs> UFO malfunction. The extraterrestrial wardrobe malfunction of yeah. two thousand one. I mean, god damn it! I don't know. I I do want to know why why. Aliens would pick crop circles. You guys have already covered this in your past. No, 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 not really. This is the first first time we've kind of. uh, Because it seems so silly. It's like you could. Why isn't like a building like, why don't they just like leave messages within cities? You know? No, totally. And it's a great question. You know, the crop circle phenomenon is is relatively new and has only started like uh, around the 70s and the 80s is really when it started to. However, one would argue that there was one that took place in England in the 1600s. 
hundreds. Yeah. Have you heard of the mowing devil? The mowing devil. Yeah. So this is this came out in a pamphlet of like sixteen seventy eight or something like that. And you know, back then they really couldn't make heads or tails of it. Now we use the common explanation of like, oh, aliens or energy vortexes or stuff like that. Yeah, but there was a farmer every in, day. You know, <laughs> just every day. Normal stuff. It's normal stuff. There was but, a, a farmer. I'm just pulling this off Wikipedia now. Sure. In Hertfordshire in sixteen seventy eight, who uh, refused to pay the price um, demanded by a laborer to mow his field. So mm. he swore he'd rather the devil do it. Mm-hmm. And then that night he seen he's he claimed to have seen flames or lights in his field and when he came Which out he common, found yeah. it perfectly mowed. Right. And so that was before and the, the big image kind of... shows in the woodcut shows a devil mowing the field in a crop circle that's very right. similar to what you see. So today. that's kind of the oldest uh crop circle story, but uh you know these things really took off in the 80s and 90s and still continue on to this day. And the interesting thing about crop circles is they're they're related to and you ask why they're not on buildings and stuff, but um they do it in these wheat fields, you know, because a, a lot of people equate it to sort of a uh, the feminine Gaia principle, you know, this is, you know, using wheat, using fields of grain and stuff like that, which is associated with, uh, you know, kind of uh, femi- feminine archetypes and, and, and birth and stuff like that. And But why would aliens know about that? Like, what if they have, what if they don't have well, a gender or you know, multiple the, genders? The jury, you know I mean? the jury is out on what creates this thing. You know, there's Or two- maybe they have a higher understanding of what, of planetary systems, of planets themselves, of earth energies... Yeah, they're very geometric. It's a little woo-woo. It, yeah. yeah, they're very geometrical and using, you know, different kind. And, and as the years go on, they get more complex and more Now, more we know, we know for a fact that some of these crop circles have been faked. There yeah. were those two guys, Dave and something, yeah, English I have, guys who would walk around with planks Bauer and, and Chorley, and yeah, 1991, self-professed pranksters Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley made yeah, headlines Doug claiming it was they who started the phenomenon in 1978 with the use of simple tools consisting of plank of wood rope and a baseball cap fitted with a loop of wire to help them walk in a straight line um you know but (laughs) listen to for them to take credit of all the crop circles that show up uh, around the world is just is ridiculous and and you know the scientists that go in and actually you know research these things they find all kinds of scientific anomalies including um you know tiny tiny uh iron particulates um, that are like little balls of spheres toppled on top of each other. Well, I know that in some crop circles they've found too, where the grain is bent at ninety degrees angle, and 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 um, they call it the node. They're ballooned yeah. into nodes where their turn as almost an intense heat. Yeah, had melted right. and expanded the cr- the crops to to lay Whoa. flat. Not only that, they're electrostatistically charged. The ones that you know they can they can prove to be not hoaxed. And there's just you know there's a great uh, story of a. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, for me, I don't know what's up with crop circles. I believe that crop circles are like a lot of other things that are in this field, Bigfoot, UFO. I think there are a lot of hoaxes out there. And then I think there's some genuine cases where these things have appeared. And I'll say this. If they're all man-made, I don't know how the fuck some artist has been able to stomp this these some of these patterns out yeah. without an aerial view just well, marching around a cr- at night in a crop Banksy. in a crop field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like no one's been caught for I mean like these things appear overnight and they're so geometrically 
perfect. Yeah. I, I'm I would just be fascinated to go some of these, like that one with the alien face. How the hell did they do that? Yeah. Well, that's just a thing. Whether they're man-made or they're not, they're incredible on their in their own and, right. And they talk you know? about some of these stuff. They can't find tracks leading well, that's from the, the road into the like, as if no one has walked in. I just imagine there's some like Russian scientist up in <laughs> in a satellite well. who's just like. <laughs> yeah, well, you know that's one. Of, I mean, that's, that's one possible. of the theories is some some, some black tech, you know, that uh, governments are using to I, uh, to put information out there that they want, you know. Yeah, um, so weird. there's there's I, all kinds I of theories. Too, that's a little conspiracy yeah. theory. Sure, I mean, <laughs> but I'm into it. There's a bunch of them, you know. I, I, I think that maybe one could argue, and this is an elementary argument, that the reason these show up in crop fields is also to sort of show people like, hey. You can only see really see this from above, mm. from the sky, as if something h- high up has been, you know, beaming these patterns. It's just in. so polite, though. You know? I know, like, I know. You it's weird. Think, yeah, it's like you you would think that that there would be it would be closer to humanity or society. like it just seems weird that they keep bugging farmers and destroying their shit. You well, know? you know, they most of them took the majority of them uh, took place in Wiltshire right, right around Stonehenge and a lot of those burial mounds are where they show up. So some of them, you know, they, they like to relate it to uh, you know, sacred grounds or um, you know, places with thing. a lot of mystical energy. There might be something more supernatural at work with these things too. These may not be aliens that we think of as et from another planet they might be i'm just playing mowing devil's advocate here sure yeah <laughs> they might they might just be um entities that are trying to break through and communicate with us in ways that they from below the surface on, yeah i don't know on that mm. note and i'm not trying to go too scott on you guys yeah. here but that alien selfie crop circle, I I have a really hard time getting. It on looks board. like a computer printout. It looks like a bitmap printer, and I've also I've read about this one because yeah. it fascinated me, and I thought this one was pretty thoroughly debunked. Well, you know, and and if you look at the one that the actual the Chilbolton response, which is which I think is the more um, genuine case, that the faces look different. You know, yeah. the face in that one yeah, that came with the Chilbolton response, it almost looks human, and uh, and and it, it's strange. It doesn't sort of have an age or a gender to it. Where this one is the the, the typical alien gray. Right. Um, did you read in your research? Did you encounter any of the the debunking of you this know, particular? Bryce no, does but, not look at those. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody took claim over that one. No one did. Um, and so it's really kind of left to uh, you know um, to not really know. But you know, it, and huh. it does beg the question: Hey, if they can do you know binary code on this one and it was hoax, then certainly they could do you know a binary code on yeah. that one. I just would be fascinated. Look, I, I, either way, these things are pretty they're incredible and i love they're incredible and yeah, this I, I don't i don't think that these are created just by people stomping around with planks of woods and rope all of them yeah um so i know that there's some theories there's a video i'm, I'm gonna find it and post it there's one of a couple i think it was a couple filming this glowing orb swooping down around a um, plasma corn- balls, plasma ball. There it, I said is. It, first. There it is. And then a crop circle formed there the next day. Well, that's the really interesting thing too. And what I what I found interesting in reading about this drones. stuff is drones, <laughs> drones. You know, drones. these will actually play with a lot of like the researchers themselves. There seems to be a direct connection. Um, Colin Andrews, Colin Andrews is one of the lo- most leading uh, researchers on this, and he just sort of was driving his car and stumbled across one, walked in, and that started like a 20-year investigative 
um, sort of journey with him. And he would fly over. Uh, he found a, a little pilot, a, pi- a little pilot, but a pilot who would fl- hello, uh, hello, <laughs> who would fly over these things. And um, they remember saying they were getting these Celtic glyphs, uh, Celtic crosses and stuff. And, you know, the pilot said, wouldn't it be great if they could just, you know, all of these put into one crop circle? And the next day, that very crop circle showed up almost as if the entity, you know, in, in the same place that they flew over, almost as if the entity had kind of like heard them discuss what they wanted. And so it was able to play with them directly and, and provide that crop glyph, you know. This is classic cosmic trickster. But, yeah, totally. But, but they took like somebody beaming into Hercules' nutsack, like to get a, a response, <laughs> and yet people can just chat on a plane and then get a fucking crop circle. That seems it's like weird. Absurd. No, this is it's why it's weird. called high strangeness. Strong yeah, Strong <laughs> you know, and you know, and when another part of high strangeness was, which what I think is very interesting about the crop circle, what they call the balls of light, you know? So in and around these crop circles, and you you can look these up on the internet. That's what I was talking about. There's some great videos of actual little floating... Why are you talking about this as if I just did not mention it two minutes ago? There's one that's been proven fake, (laughs) and it's the one there were like two ones, and you see them make a crop circle. Oh, yeah. And that that one has been uh, properly debunked, but... There's uh there's there's about five or ten really good balls of light video and they're usually like orange and they yeah. and they hang around these crop circles and they fly and I was reading about you know even even these two college um, hoaxers who were out there you know doing their thing and they you know they went on record to say that we've witnessed these things too and almost confounding them even further. Um, There's so also it, been research where they uh, find trace radiation in the crop yeah the trace radiation the radi- like that, yeah they they bring out scientific instruments to like you know the ones that they feel are like genuine they bring out scientific instruments and they find that they're electrostatistically charged. There's uh, leftover radiation. Like I said, um, little uh, iron sphere balls are left when they look through them at a microscope. These little like spheres stacked on top of each other, almost as if they're using some sort of like iron radiation too or i you know it's who knows, it, who knows? um but we know that humans you know can knows? make them who kimmy kimmy so what? kimmy yeah if you were just to take a look at this stuff and the very little look we're just telling one story here what, what, what's your take on this what do you think this is you uh, think this is people making this stuff I don't know. Uh, or do you think there's a larger mystery? It seems. I mean, it does. It they are so gorgeous. <laughs> it it does beg like what what would compel someone to do something like that? But yeah, I just don't see any meaning in them, to be honest with you. And um, I don't know. It all seems like too convenient and not convenient enough. Yeah. There's mm. and but you know people thought that the the sun was just like a god from them until we found out it was just like a ball of fire that's eventually going to die out. So like who knows? Maybe we'll just find out that this is just some weird cor- the the earth crying out like please I'm going to die soon. Yeah, you know? well that's that's one of the theories <laughs> that it that is, is actually you know a Gaia as a as a uh, sort of a spiritual body entity that's like you know giving these geometrical images to say you know the the planet's suffering is you know is too much and here's a message and something like that you know i can't make heads or tails of this stuff i really can't i i I tend to come down on the like they're probably mostly man-made but then again if that's true i'm fascinated by that and i wish that um if you know i would this is like a magic trick so i'd like to it's one of those things where it's like okay if they're all man-made i want to see some of these people who make them show us how they do it at at night on this grand scheme scale and then because some of these when you go on the ground level it's like 
it doesn't look like it's kind of, it's like you're so close to the pattern it doesn't look like it's actually creating anything until you pull up into the but sky. But that's like those photos it. that are created with photos, you know? Well, I know. So the, I'm wondering the, how they do people do that on that large scale. Like what well, material are they like bringing Mount in to map Rushmore, it out? It was done without computers yeah. and shit. Like no, I know. people can figure that out. So it's not like it can definitely be done by humans no, I, for sure. sure. Well, that sure. what's that's what makes that one even more confounding is, you know, this is the first time a uh, uh, a glyph like if you call it a crop glyph but like that showed up too. and there's overnight. over like there's over 700 right angles in that one particularly i mean and for somebody to like you know for a team of people to do this that perfectly on the first try it just you know begs the question hey you know what's happening you know yeah. a current trend in crop circles seems to be uh for the use of advertisement yeah. um which is sort of a new trend a lot of companies are hiring these um you know hoaxers to go out and, and put their um you know their beer insignia in the I want to see photos of those and how well detailed they are. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so that is this high strangeness story of the Arocebo message, which is a real thing, and uh, the Chilbolton response, which came back, which we're still unsure about. But nonetheless, like you say, Mike, it is certainly amazing to look at, and it it is an incredible accomplishment, whether it was um, E.T. or, or, you know, two pranksters with a board and string. (laughs) Bunch of dudes. Bunch of fucking dudes. (laughs) All right. Well, there you have it. Um, Come to your own conclusions, everyone. And please tune in next week. (laughs) Yes. Don't give up on us yet. Um, (laughs) Hey, I think I did a great job, you motherfuckers. Oh, you do. You were phenomenal. (laughs) You're great. It's me and Mike. I'm having an existential crisis now. (laughs) Uh, Kimmy, you were fantastic. Thank you you so much for joining us today. We love you. Uh, Where can people find your work? Do you have anything coming up that you'd like to plug? Yes. So I have a film called Control on Seed and Spark you can watch. Awesome. Um, It's a short film about a woman's suicide note that becomes a suicide binder. Speaking of existential Mm. crises. Oh, wow. Um, uh, Michael is actually going to be in some upcoming shorts with Planned Parenthood Refinery 29 uh, we have with Rachel Bloom. Great. A a previous guest on the show as well. Yes. And uh, the Apple Sisters are playing at the UCB Sunset 7 p.m. April 21st. Oh, perfect. This is just in time for this. It'll come out on the 18th. Perfect. So if you're listening uh, and if you're in the LA area, come this weekend to see the Apple Sisters. That's great. Uh, Bryce, anything you want to plug? Yeah, speaking of UCB Sunset, I'm heading over there actually later today to, to do another Buddy podcast oh. uh so la uh by charlie sanders and his wife camille they do a um a podcast on things so la so cool. i'll be doing that we did improv together in the year 2000 oh is that right Ooh. we've known each other for a long time he's the so best LA. love that, that guy so LA. Let it so LA. <laughs> so la we met in new york you know what i mean yeah that's, um, really LA that's very LA. riley you guys have a show coming up on april 23rd i believe that's true and uh we're, we're actually doing a little run up california this is my band spindrift to referring to uh we're playing in la on the 23rd at harvard and stone uh, we'll also be up in the Bay Area before that, playing shows from like four eighteen to four twenty three. I think there's six shows. So if you're in the, on the West Coast, you want to listen to some psychedelic Western music, yeah, or check them out on Spotify or any other uh, music venues because they're, I, I've I've done it. Their music is is dope. Yeah, it's Thanks, pretty great. Bryce. Yeah, it's and, very uh, cool. This month, uh, sometime airing around this episode, I'm uh, uh, on an episode of NCIS LA. Oh yeah, yeah. So great. If you're home on a Sunday night and watching network TV, <laughs> I didn't take the money. I don't know where it is. Pretty much. 
exactly my performance. <laughs> um, it's a pretty, it's, uh, I get to do some goofy stuff in this one. So oh, that's awesome. Check it out. Um, but thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Um, and uh, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else to well, plug. Well, let's not leave so. out all the other listeners, too, well, who I are said not Patreon. Thank you. Thank and you for just course, all of them. All of yeah. our listeners. Absolutely. Um, and Where can we, they find you on social media? Well, we're at Bigfoot Collectors Club on Instagram, Bigfoot yeah. Collectors oh. Club on Facebook. We're at uh, Bigfoot underscore C Club underscore C Club on Twitter because Bryce didn't know what he was doing when he signed up for they, that Well, one. They, don't, they, <laughs> <laughs> they don't let you uh, have that big enough of a name. I know. It's true. Um, you know what? Um, at Kimmy Gatewood is going to follow you on all of those platforms. Oh, we love that. And guess what? We'll be following you back. You can also find us at McMills, at Trashbag Hashtag. That's Riley. Are you coming back with your own Riley Bray? Or are you still oh, no, Trashbag Hashtag? I'm doing a piece drone one, too, for the ambient music. But oh, cool. awesome. I'm really committed to the pictures of garbage. Okay. So. And uh, yeah. Mr. Bryce Johnson yes. and Bryce O. Johnson nice. on Twitter, I believe. Yeah, well done. Guys, thank you so much. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club. And uh, you can also check out right now on our Patreon the uh, communion episode. So that'll be up there where we're talking about the film communion uh, for pledges of $5 and cool. you can get access to all of our bonus materials. Thank Can't you wait so to much. see that. Yeah. All right, man. We love you guys. Yes. Bye guys. <laughs> really, Bye. This is a real awkward one. Just kind of awkward. <laughs> awkward back out. Back out of the room. Goodbye. <laughs> oh no, acapella. <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> oh, please don't kill me. Former acapella cult members. Thank you. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and our music is by Sun Eaters from the song Come Alone, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. You can find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please rate and review the show. It helps us get it out to more people and more believers like you. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night, Douglas Wagg Jr. lay motionless across a strip of railroad tracks before being struck by an oncoming train. I'm investigative journalist Delia D'Ambra, and my investigation into exactly how Doug died took me into the depths of a bizarre mystery. It was really hard to understand what was fact and what wasn't. A mystery that has led me from one suspicious death to another. Listen to CounterClock now, wherever you listen to podcasts.